So, did you see it? My interview with President Trump? Hey, I gotta tell you, it's very, very cool to sit with the President of the United States face to face. I've interviewed him uh, several times, but it was always over the phone uh, to sit with him face to face. <laughs> Quite an experience. We're very grateful to him. He's so generous with his time and his staff. We'll have some highlights in just a little bit. Uh, however, I've got some business to attend to with Mr. Ice Cream Man, Joe Biden. Yes, he, he made it official, kinda. He put out a video saying he is running for re-election. I did not think he would actually follow through with this. I don't think he'll be the nominee ultimately, but he dropped a video this morning on social media and uh, let's go. First off, it's creepy music, not exactly morning in America. Keep going. Freedom, personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term. I'm gonna interrupt from time to time. Freedom is the theme of his first term? Freedom, freedom, the opposite. We'll double the fines on travelers that refuse to mask. If you break the rules, be prepared to pay. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. Yeah, it's all about freedom. Americans who believe in the Second Amendment, watch out. The Air Force is coming for you with F-15 fighters. Freedom. That's not freedom. Next. This shouldn't be a red or blue issue. To protect our rights, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it. All right. Uh, sorry to point this out. Sorry I keep interrupting, but I have to. Uh, you're going to notice something about the casting in this fake video. Um, quite frankly, well, Joe has a problem when it comes to race. He has said so many racist things over the years, so he really overdoes it, I think, by, well, people of color versus white people. I mean, I would not notice this normally, but Joe Biden has such a bad record when it comes to race that he has to pander beyond belief everywhere he goes, especially in his campaign launch video. Next. But you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms, cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes from the very wealthy. MAGA Republicans are out to take freedom. And then he talks about cutting taxes for the wealthy. MAG is in favor of cutting taxes, therefore that's an affront to personal freedom. The man is lying, the man is divisive, the man is the opposite of everything the Democrat Party wants us to believe. They have no respect for us, do they? This is full of lies, every single moment of it. Next. Dictating what healthcare decisions women can make, banning books, and telling people who they can love. <laughs> Look, you can debate abortion, all right, but who's telling people who they can love? And this thing about books, 
banning books. Take a look at the book stack that he showed. No one's trying to uh, ban To Kill a Mockingbird or, no, these books are fine, all right? These books, the books that we're concerned about are the pornographic books that are finding their ways into schools like Lawn Boy, all right? Even the writer of this book says children should not be reading it. Graphic content depicts sexual relationships between 10-year-olds, and it's in Lawn Boy, and it's in Joe Biden's initial campaign video. Wow. All right. He is, uh, what is this called? Gaslighting, or I just prefer lying, and I, this, this is corrupt, corrupt morally as well. Next. for president four years ago i said we're in a battle for the soul of america and we still are that was a charlottesville lie by the way four years ago also based his whole campaign on a lie that president trump said good people on both sides he wasn't talking about the white supremacists and he said so out loud the fundamental the original sin if you will of the biden white house next the question we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom more rights or fewer. I know what I want the answer to be, and I think you do too. These people want to take away our gas stoves. These people are actually taking away AM radio in pickup trucks, and they have the gall to say they're standing for freedom. How you doing? Next. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. Good, decent people. Joe, America, yes. You? I don't know. You say you know America. You've been in the United States Senate since the age of 29, and look at all the stuff you've acquired over the years. I don't think you know America. I think you're out for number one, all right? In the United States Senate since the age of 29. He's lost it. He's lost it here, and he's lost touch. Big time. We all know it. Next. And this is our moment. We So if you're with me, go to JoeBiden.com and sign up. Let's finish this job. I know we can. Because this is the United States of America. There's nothing, simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. Vote for the music. Great music. Everything else is pablum, cliches, empty, meaningless slogans. It's amazing that he gets away with it. You should have seen the mainstream media. Oh, this is really interesting. And Joe Biden just reaching out. No, it's not. If you want substance, oh, by the way, drop by President Trump's uh, website or Rumble page. Every day they're dropping detailed policy proposals, not what we just saw, which was a which is kind of a fantasy. And oh, by the way, again, Joe Biden, I mean, I noticed because I think they wanted us to notice, all right? Joe kind of wrapping himself around people of color because Joe has been awful, 
with people of color for his entire career, and I don't believe he respects them. I mean, does this sound like respect? But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. That's the very definition of racism right there. You look a certain way, you behave a certain way, you vote a certain way. This was... This was so big, but so small. Nobody reported on it. It happened just a couple of months before uh, the election in 2020. This gives you some idea why Joe Biden wraps himself around people of color all the time, all right? In his heart, I don't think there are good things at all. So this is the man who stands for freedom. No. And right now, freedom is uh, on the run in America. What happened to Tucker Carlson? Um, I like Tucker Carlson. I consider him a friend and an ally. But uh, and he's going to be fine, by the way. He's got plenty of money and a big future, may even run for president someday. But what happened to him is a sign that freedom is under assault. Um, first, the great things, two of the great things that he did brought to light some of the real truth about January 6th. The Horns guy being escorted around by Capitol Police. What the hell was going on there? It's almost like the entire thing was a setup, like they wanted him to get inside the United States Senate. And they never have provided an explanation for this. And how about Officer Brian Sicknick, who was alive and well when they said he had already been bashed in the head by a fire extinguisher by MAGA, which was a total lie. Um, America is, we're not in as good a place as we used to be with Tucker Carlson off the air. And President Trump, we talked about it last night. So Tucker Carlson was sitting here two weeks ago interviewing you. He's gone. What do you make of that? Well, I'm shocked. I'm surprised. Uh, he's a very good person and a very good man and very talented, as you know, and he had very high ratings. So uh, we're just learning about it almost as we speak. You and I just said, wow, that was something. That's a big one. Uh, I don't know if it was voluntary or was it uh, somebody fired, but I think Tucker's been uh, terrific. He's been, especially over the last year or so, he's been terrific to me. So I want to know what was the role of the government in Tucker Carlson's termination. I think it was huge. I think it was a violation of the First Amendment. Chuck Schumer is a very powerful member of the United States Senate. He is the majority leader of the United States Senate. And earlier this year, what business is it of his? What's on cable television? It's crazy. He has juice. And he had the nerve to say this on the Senate floor. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. Well, it wasn't an insurrection. Most shameful hour in cable television history. You know, there are channels that feature porn, pornography 24-7. This is the most shameful. No, it wasn't. And it wasn't an insurrection. And the violence, look, I think the whole thing of January 6th was essentially a setup. I mean, you tell me, who's this little cop? Why haven't we found this out? Why didn't the January 6th committee investigate who this police officer was who was aggressively waving people onto Capitol Hill? What about these police officers who just stood by as people walked through open doors? Welcome to the Capitol. Have a nice time. What's that all about? And of course, 
Ashley Babbitt, and we've been highlighting this, I'm proud to say, for two years, and we'll be talking to uh, Ashley Babbitt's husband, widow, Aaron, in a little bit. Why do those cops just walk away? This is about 30 seconds before Ashley is shot. And then all hell breaks loose. Why do those cops just walk away and stand there as Ashley Babbitt was murdered? Why did that happen? Chuck Schumer, if you want to be passionate about something, that's your business, okay? Not what is on cable television. Next. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. Uh, cherry picking. That's what the January 6th committee did. And remember, this isn't just some guy on cable television. This is the majority leader of the United States Senate. And you know who's listening? The head of Fox News and the head of News Corp, the Murdochs. This is a guy who could actually hurt them, who could actually make their lives difficult. Next, please. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. Doesn't that sound coercive? Doesn't that sound like the government telling a private business what to do? And it's not like regulation. It's like what to say on Channel 40 whatever at night? What business is it of his? It's not. But it scared them over at Fox, I do believe. A couple more. Mr. Carlson's own producer texted him that quote, I don't think there is evidence of voter fraud that swung the election. They know. They know full well they've been lying. Now, what business is it of his? A producer texted Tucker Carlson, and he's talking about it on the floor of the United States Senate. This is insane. This, this little phone here, we all have one by now, right? This is, this is a record of your brain, thoughts, contradiction. This is private. This is nobody's, this is not, this is not government's business. It's not even the media's business. According to court documents, host Tucker Carlson texted a producer on January 4th, 2021, just two days before the Capitol attack. We got these texts. These are from Tucker Carlson to members of his staff. Tucker Carlson, the same night, made those same lies. And yet we see in these text messages the truth. I, you know, we shouldn't really be going through anybody's phone. And we didn't see the full text message, did we? It was plucked out of context. And we shouldn't see it, period. You know, Alan Dershowitz once said that if the founding fathers knew about cell phones, they definitely, without a doubt, would have considered any search of a phone an unreasonable search. And we have constitutional protections, at least we used to, against that kind of thing. One more. Y'all, Americans of all types and stripes and corners of this country, Democrats, Republicans, independents, need to take a stand and call out Mr. Carlson's conduct for what it is, a dangerous, unforgivable attempt to destabilize our democracy and rewrite the history of the worst attack on our Constitution since the Civil War. It's a TV show. It's a TV show. Why is he so upset? Did he say it was dangerous? Did he say it was unforgivable? He did. I don't think anything's quite frankly unforgivable, if you ask. But can I see what's so unforgivable again? 
showing the horns guy getting escorted around by police, if that's unforgivable, I mean, well, maybe Tucker really was onto something. And same here at Newsmax, that this was a setup. Because the people know that. I mean, what are they afraid of? They are afraid. I think that's obvious. All right, one more. I condemn Mr. Carlson for siding with the enemies of democracy. I strongly condemn Speaker McCarthy's actions and fiercely oppose his decision to share this footage with Carlson. I urge Fox News to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie on his network and to level with their viewers about the truth, the truth behind the efforts to mislead the public. Conduct like theirs is just asking for another January 6th. And he had the nerve to say this in public. He condemns Mr. Carlson. Fox News should order Mr. Carlson to stop. The <laughs> this is in March, and now Tucker Carlson is gone. That's kind of fascinating, isn't it? The government just shut down the most popular cable news host in America. That's what I think happened. Tucker's going to be fine, as I mentioned, actually better than fine. Uh, I had a very interesting moment with Tucker a couple of years ago. So uh, I used to host a show called Fox and Friends Weekend way back in the day. There I am. And uh, actually, years after that, Tucker hosted the same show. And this is after Tucker had already been a primetime star, but I saw him on the weekends as like the third man on the weekends. And there was something about it. He wasn't the star. And he had already been the star. So... He came on uh, a podcast that I have, and uh, we talked about it. I talked about what was going on at that moment in his life, and did God have any role in it? Sometimes God, uh, well, he works in mysterious ways, and sometimes he gets us ready for things that are about to come. Was that a period of preparation for you? Um, that role, that time, was it useful or, and forgive me if I've gone totally off the deep end here, but oh, that was it's kind of freaking me out that you're asking. I don't know how you would know that, but the answer is yes. And I've literally no, I've, I've only talked to my wife about this. So I don't really know how you would ask me that question, but, but you're right. And, um, yeah. Because I would walk by the TV and I would see Tucker and I knew, wow, he's just one third of that show and God was getting him ready. He needed time to take stock to do things because shortly after he was the number one cable news host in the world. Here's more. For sure. I mean, I had been a primetime host on a couple other channels. I failed. I got fired um, for low ratings. It was pretty much my fault. And Roger Ailes hired me. And I worked in the vineyard for, you know, a number of years. The morning shows are really hard, as you know, better than anybody, just because of the time, the schedule. And, you know, there was a fair amount of suffering. But I felt, first of all, I deserved it. I got famous really young. I made decent money really young, mostly by accident. I squandered the opportunity. I suffered. So, you know, I, I, had, to, I had to do the work at a certain point, and I did. And I think it made me a better a better person, a much better person, much more humble person anyway. Getting successful young is really bad for you. It makes you into a total tool, an entitled bad person. You know, that happened to me. It's going to be exciting to see what happens next in Tucker Carlson's life and in the life of 
America. By the way, how do you feel about this? We want to know, all right? This is still a hot story. Uh, Fox, were they right to fire Tucker? Do me a favor, text the word PICK, P-I-C-K, to 39747, and you'll be prompted, a uh, little poll there, and we'd appreciate it very much, and we'll share with the audience all the results. I'll be right back with, what is Joe Biden, why is he ignoring his granddaughter? Yeah, Joe Biden has a granddaughter that he does not acknowledge. It's his, it's Hunter Biden's kid. Hunter barely acknowledges the child. It's a real thing. I'll be right back. Loyalty. Uh, you don't hear about loyalty. It's a value that isn't really valued very much. What does it mean? What is the technical definition? We all know, but loyalty, officially defined, stands for a devotion and faithfulness to a nation, cause, philosophy, country, group, or person. And you just don't hear about loyalty. Uh, and it's very important to President Trump. This came up in the context of uh, Ron DeSantis during our interview yesterday. Ron DeSantis, do you think he could be a good president someday in like eight years, 16 years? I mean, you endorsed him once. He's got some talent. You're kind of crushing him right now. Someday, could he be president? Well, I endorsed him once and he was losing badly. And because of the endorsement, he won in a landslide the following, literally the following day. Uh, look, right now, I'm very down on him. Uh, I'm a believer in loyalty and I'm a believer in other things. I'm very disappointed in him because I'm a, a loyal person, maybe to a fault. A lot of people said loyalty doesn't mean anything. To me, loyalty means a lot. Now, I know some people are upset about the skirmish between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, but somebody once said politics ain't beanbag. And this happens during primaries. And well, I think he's got a case about Ron DeSantis and the latest commercial. Woo, take a look. Ron DeSantis was struggling big time in his primary race for governor of Florida. Polls revealed DeSantis was failing so bad he was losing by a staggering 17 points. Then DeSantis was saved by the endorsement of President Trump. Trump's support was so powerful. Just two days after the endorsement, DeSantis took a commanding lead and it propelled him to being elected governor. I'd like to thank our president for standing by me when it wasn't necessarily the smart thing to do. You're welcome, Ron. All right, but this is the part here where I think this is why Donald Trump is really upset with the governor. Unfortunately, instead of being grateful, DeSantis is now attacking the very man who saved his career. Isn't it time DeSantis remembers how he got to where he is? Make America great again. Big league. So good. Build the wall. Then Mr. Trump said, you're fired. I love that part. Truth is, there's only one person who can make America great again. See, I mean, DeSantis, he kind of stole his whole act from, uh, from Trump. But there's this. The president did not say that DeSantis couldn't be president someday. And I have a feeling someday these two will make up. It'll be after uh, Donald Trump wins the election, okay? Uh, the book that we actually were interviewing Donald Trump about officially, Letters to Trump, we, there's so many news items, we, we didn't spend probably enough time on the book. So I want to point a couple of things out right now. Letters to Trump, uh, letters he shared with celebrities and his experiences with very interesting people, including Michael Jackson. 
Did you know that Michael Jackson actually lived in Trump Tower uh, and would often play video games with Don and Eric? I'm reading from the book here. He once built Trump Tower out of Legos with them. But here's the thing. You know, Michael Jackson was later accused falsely, by the way, of sexual abuse of, of it's unspeakable what he was accused of. He was found not guilty because he wasn't guilty. A lot of people jettison Michael Jackson. Donald Trump did it. To this day, you can find pictures of Michael Jackson while in the book and at the, uh, at the Trump Golf Club in West Palm Beach. All right, next, Jean MacArthur, the wife of General MacArthur. Uh, Donald Trump knew the widow of General MacArthur, and they exchanged notes uh, back and forth. And she wished Donald Trump, uh, you know, thanks for the book. And uh, they knew each other through the social scene of New York. They probably weren't particularly close, but still, it's it's rather fascinating. George H.W. Bush, okay, the Bushes, he's quite clear. Uh, Barbara Bush thought she was very, he was very mean to her sons, and they didn't like me. That's okay. I gave up on them a long time ago. Many letters were exchanged, by the way. And I'm sorry, I think this is kind of funny. Um, well, the first part is infuriating. I learned much when he made his famous read my lips, no new taxes pledge, and then almost immediately raised taxes. That didn't work out so well. And almost as bad was when Bush kept saying a thousand points of light, and nobody really knew what the hell he meant. It's true. Ted Kennedy. Let's take a look at Ted Kennedy. This is a surprise. I told him there are some surprising things in this book, and they were friends. Ted Kennedy, the Democrat. And this actually shows, like, sparks of bipartisanship. Uh, Donald Trump helped him with something important and confidential to him and his family. The assistance made a big difference. He never forgot about it, but we enjoyed each other's company, even though we disagreed on politics. He was intelligent, he was sharp, and he did a very fine job for the people of Massachusetts. And one more, his lawyer, Roy Cohn. Now, the fake news, they despise Roy Cohn to this day. He went after communists with uh, Senator McCarthy. And I don't know. I think they're all wrong about him, the historians. The letter that Roy Cohn writes to Donald Trump is, I think it tells you something about Donald Trump and about Roy Cohn. Dear Donald, winning this case was much more than a legal landmark that any lawyer would treasure, as I do. It represents another high point in the 15 years of excitement and challenge that have marked my representation of you. Without your infectious enthusiasm and constant prodding, the victory would not have been possible. You prove that even in this day and age, you can fight City Hall and win. I don't imagine that there are two people around who are thought of as tougher than the two of us, and we both know that in personal relationships, that is not accurate. That is my way of saying how very much I appreciate your letter to me, which is being framed alongside the picture of us. May there be many more. Roy Cohn. I don't know. I think uh, that's a, it's a special guy, two special guys, and both maligned by mainstream media all the time. I'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson for Gold Alliance. If you're concerned about how Washington's latest shenanigans may impact your financial future, this is an important message to hear because right now we have a stock market correction. We got high inflation, Fed rate hikes happening all the time. Some experts say a recession may sweep the nation and folks who fail to prepare may face challenging times ahead while gold owners may have a historic opportunity to grow richer. 
Now, if you'd like to learn a simple way you can diversify with gold before an economic downturn comes, if you'd like to put yourself on the road to financial peace of mind, the new 2023 Gold Guide from our friends at Gold Alliance can show you how. Here's what you got to do. Just go to www.freegoldguide.com slash Carson. Freegoldguide.com slash Carson. Or you can write down this number, 800-247-9236. 800-247-9236. Or again, go to freegoldguide.com slash Carson. Ashley Babbitt, American Air Force veteran, shot and killed for... No good reason on January 6th, totally and completely unjustified. She left behind her mother and her husband, Aaron. Aaron Babbitt, great couple. And uh, Aaron Babbitt has become a good friend of Newsmax. And uh, Aaron, welcome back to Newsmax. Uh, We'd like an update, but first I'd like to share with you, President Trump knows your case very, very well. We spoke about it yesterday. How are you, first of all? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It was a fantastic interview yesterday, by the way, but it was great to hear him talk about Ashley again. We can get to that. You know, I I just, what is that? It's just amazing, you know, that he is not forgetting. And to hear him say your wife's name, it's just, it must be awesome for you. And let's go ahead and play it for everybody who might have missed it. All right, here we go. You know, we have very strong people in this country. And they've been sitting back and watching. They've been watching. They've watched that whole situation at the Capitol. They didn't walk in with guns. They shot Ashley Babbitt. That officer, bad things should happen to him. He shot her, and she was totally defenseless. She was like an American patriot. You look at her, everything online, the flag and the whole thing. She was an American patriot. They shot her, and nothing happened to him. If that were the other way around... There would have been hell to pay. But the people of this country just aren't going to take it anymore. They cannot take it anymore. I believe they gave the shooter a medal. She wasn't hurting anybody. She wasn't breaking anything. You know, the entire culture, the media culture, the political class, they've turned their back on Ashley Babbitt. But the most important, one of the most, possibly the most important person on the planet is not forgetting. I mean, uh, your thoughts when you hear these things. uh, Well, tell me more if you don't mind. Man, that one last night hit a little bit different. It was a sit-down interview, and he he invoked her name on his own. You know, he's he's said it a bunch of times at rallies before. I've had the opportunity to thank him personally on the phone, you know, for for doing so. I know he watched your show, so if you're watching tonight, (laughs) Mr. President, thank you again. My sincere gratitude. I truly appreciate it. So if you don't mind, Aaron, You've been contemplating or a lawsuit has been in the works for a long time. And these things do take time. They take money, oh, by the way. What is the latest? What can you tell us? How is that progressing? Uh, it's the same as, you know, it's been for the past couple, you know, past year now. I mean, I have a great team around me, but there's there's no time frame and no timetable on anything right now. If people want to get involved, uh, is there still a way for them to do so? Not at the moment. Understood. Not at the moment. But uh, I will definitely pass that on when it when it comes time. Please do. And I'd like to remind everybody that, as I told the president, she didn't break anything. She didn't hurt anybody. And uh, here we have her walking around. Yes, like a tourist, like a tourist. There is absolutely no evidence that she broke into the Capitol. She probably walked in with thousands of others. And there she is staying within the line. 
And then I would, I would like to ask you, if you can share with me, great. If you can, I understand. But those three officers, those three police officers who were guarding the, uh, I guess, the area outside the House of Representatives, and everything is kind of fine. Let's turn up the volume for a moment. The officers are just standing there. They just walked away. And you're about to see the gun. And you saw Ashley for a moment. She's not. And you see the gentleman's gun. Now, let's stop it right there, if you don't mind. Uh, there's no explanation for them just walking away like that that I can determine why they let the crowd get so out of hand. Is there anything you can share? Because you, you know, you're investigators, and I know you've been studying this. Yeah, I got to tell you, Greg, I have a lot of information in my head <laughs> that I would love to get out, but specifically on these three guys, I have no idea why they walked away. I mean, if I could get in their head, if I was there, <laughs> God willing, but um, I don't know why they did that. That's going to be for them to explain. So uh, we can we can turn that down now, if you don't mind. Um, look, Tucker did a lot for your cause and the memory of Ashley. Uh, the, the documentary you put together was something else. What are your thoughts that Tucker is no longer at Fox News? I, I learned uh, it was like the second or third time that I booked with Tucker's show and they kept telling me, you know, keep it exclusive. I didn't really understand what that meant. But they would tell me like, well, if somebody else in the network calls, you know, don't go on with them. And it was like the second or third time that I realized nobody from Fox News has ever called me other than Tucker. So I have to say it's a cross between him actually caring and then, you know, like I said, him having the clout to, to tell his executives that I'm, I'm going to do this anyway, because he's really been the only one that has taken on January 6th. You know, everybody else is trying to push away from President Trump, push January 6th completely out of the view. You know, we still got guys sitting in jail, Greg, on pretrial pre detention over two and a half years now, nonviolent crimes. Yeah. And, you know, Fox News doesn't want to cover it. God bless Newsmax, you know, all of you. Because I have a completely different experience with Newsmax. So appreciate it, Aaron. And look, uh, we're here for you, as you know, and uh, we've had you on many times and to be continued for sure. We appreciate what Tucker did for the cause, but uh, uh, we'll continue. Many thanks, Aaron. Yes, Stay in touch and uh, we'll be back. Thank you, sir. I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call him? What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacist and white right like supremacist. White proud supremacist and right proud boys. boys, stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing problem. Stand back and stand by. You know what? It was the perfect thing for President Trump to say. He didn't take the bait because the Proud Boys are not white supremacists. It's one of the great big media lies. Enrique Tarrio, the head of the Proud Boys, there he is, happens to be black and Cuban. All right. Afro-Cuban, actually, is what they call it. And his trial, you know, he's been on trial for uh, for some time. They're trying to put him away for decades, potentially. Cara Castronova is the co-host of Wise Guys with John Tobacco. She's an American champion boxer and founder of Citizens Against Political Persecution. And she's doing a, an amazing job highlighting the plight of the January Sixers. And nobody knows more about it than she does. Cara, welcome back. How are you? I'm good, Greg. How are you? 
Terrific. So do me a favor. And, you know, this has not been receiving enough attention from the mainstream media, and sometimes they drive the entire agenda. So this trial, I understand the prosecution has rested and it's in the hands of the jury. Can you bring us up to speed, please? Sure. So this week with closing statements in the Proud Boys trial, which has gone on for about four months now since December when they had jury selection. Yesterday and today, the closing statements happened. The government presented their case, which was very weak. They did not meet their burden of proof, as far as I'm concerned, and any reasonable person that was in the courtroom uh, this week. The Proud Boys... Um, literally, literally did not plan to go into the building on January 6th. And that was proven with exculpatory evidence uh, through witness after witness after witness after witness. So if this jury comes back with a uh, guilty verdict, it's because the, the jury in Washington, D.C. is completely biased. 90, uh, supposedly 92 percent of them voted for Joe Biden. So it's a very biased jury. The um, judge is very, as far as I'm concerned, biased as well and uh, should have recused himself. But unfortunately, he did not. So we're waiting for the jury um, to come back with a, a decision. And the longer it takes, the better. If they come back tomorrow with a decision, that's probably not going to be good, Greg. But if they take a few days, then I think that they have a shot of at least not being found guilty of seditious conspiracy. So Enrique Tarrio, what is the word? What's the most serious charge that, that he's facing? He's facing seditious conspiracy, which yeah. is a really serious charge. It dates back to the Civil War. It's very hard to prove, especially if it's not actually a charge that uh, wound up working. So that nobody took over the Capitol that day. There was no insurrection. So it's very hard to prove. And I don't think there's been many people in history that have actually been uh, charged and found guilty of seditious conspiracy, minus the Oath Keepers. Now, a couple of Oath Keepers were actually found guilty of seditious, seditious conspiracy. And as we're speaking right now, Enrique Tari is actually on a Twitter space speaking out for the first time because he didn't take the stand. So he's speaking out on a Twitter space right now. So that's what's going on right now. Um, he's been silenced for a year. He's been in solitary confinement in a very, very tiny cell, um, really been isolated from the world. Um, you know, he doesn't even really look that tan anymore. He likes to say now he's white because he hasn't seen sunlight in over a year. So this is the way that they're treating political prisoners in America right now, pretrial detainees. He's considered a very, very dangerous, dangerous uh, prisoner. Every time he walks through the floor, they have to clear the whole jail. That's how dangerous he's considered when they have murderers in there. They have rapists. They have bombers in this jail. But when Enrique Tarrio walks through the floor, they have to clear the whole jail. It's crazy. They got to keep the January 6th myth going, right? So they can hold it over everybody's head and they can control political dialogue in America. That's how it strikes me. By the way, it, there may have been more FBI agents there than, than Proud right. Boys, right? I mean, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were yeah. all over the place, correct? That's something I want to talk about. Yes, there was over a dozen FBI agents listed on the witness list, more than Proud Boys that are on trial. The craziest thing about the whole trial is that the government refused to bring a single one of their confidential human sources to the stand. So the government didn't want to bring their own witnesses to the stand because witness after witness swore to the FBI that the Proud Boys did nothing wrong. There was no plan to go inside the Capitol. So the government actually tried to block the defense, yeah. the defense court, to bring these confidential human sources to the stand. And that really doesn't happen in a federal trial. Usually, it's the federal government that's trying to bring their own witnesses. In this case, they were blocking their own witnesses. You know, uh, I was so skeptical when I finally met the, the leader of the Proud Boys. And again, the white supremacist was black. I mean, give me a break. All right. And they put him in jail for burning a Black Lives Matter flag. They actually put him in jail for that. If only it was an American flag. I don't believe the government's case at all. And I'm so glad that you've been covering this. Cara Castronova to be continued. Uh, I'm hoping for the best. We'll see you soon, and I'll be right back.
How many of you have been unable to hug your grandkids in the last seven months? I got six of them. No, seven, actually seven. Even back then in 2020, seven grandkids, because one of them goes unacknowledged by Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. That little kid there is Navy, Navy Biden. Well, actually, the mom wants to name the child Navy Biden, but Hunter's been pushing back against that. Uh, a paternity test did establish that Hunter Biden is the father of that child who is living in Arkansas with her mom, who was a dancer, and now she's just a single mother trying to do right by her daughter. And Hunter has been apparently resisting every step of the way. The judge now has ordered him to show up. Judge orders Hunter Biden to appear in Arkansas um, paternity court hearings. He's claiming he has no money. He can't. Uh, it's really a disgrace. Can you believe that? Has that ever happened in history where we know a president has a grandchild, yet that grandchild goes unacknowledged? And the president of the United States brings this guy to Ireland during the work week, oh, by the way, and says this. The fact that I'm here with my sister, Valerie, and my youngest son, Hunter Biden, stand up, guys. I'm proud of you. This is really, really wrong. And everybody knows it. Everybody should know it. Democrat, Republican. That little kid is Hunter Biden's child, is Joe Biden's grandchild. And they are doing everything they can to get out of that kid's life and not provide for that child. It seems we have uh, headline after headline. They've been resisting every step of the way. What a disaster. All right. Don Lemon is gone from CNN. Uh, wow. Don, you should have seen this one coming, all right? The whole country did, except you. Uh, this is the statement he put out when he found out he got fired. Uh, let's see here. I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned. Are you curious? Come on. Everybody knew you were on your way out. And uh, let's see. Ooh, he might be lawyering up, huh? Does he think something else was at work here? Hey, this is what did Don Lemon in, all right? They worked with him. They sent him to anger school, anger management school. But this is why he got fired. I think we should be able to express our views regardless of the color of our skin. We should have this debate without me regarding views, you as a black man, that but you're me regarding you as a fellow citizen. That you're That's sitting what I think here, we whatever ethnicity you are, explaining to me whatever ethnicity about I'm what it's like to be black Whatever America. ethnicity I am, I'll tell you what I am. I'm an Indian American. I'm proud of it. Whatever ethnicity you are, that was so disrespectful. And that's why I believe Vivek Ramatswamy, by the way, very sharp guy running for president. Uh, that's why Don Lemon, okay, you can't talk like that. And uh, this is a long time coming. So goodbye and yes, good luck. And I'll be right back. My book is still available wherever books are sold. Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Many thanks, and I'll see you tomorrow.